This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Well, have you ever heard anyone say this? I don't mean to brag. And then what do they do? They brag. I don't mean to boast, but then they do. Cole McLaughlin is an author, preacher. He works for a college now, I believe, or a university. And he says there are four types of bragging. There's the humble brag, the ignorance brag, the thankful brag, and the shameless brag. And I thought it was fascinating what he said. I won't go into all of them. The humble brag is where somebody feigns. They pretend to be humble about something, but really it's a reverse humility and it's a way of bragging. And he gave a funny, exaggerated example. Somebody comes up to you and says, you know, when I see you swimming, I love to see the inner tube that you use to be so close to the water and you get to be right a part of it. And I don't get that with my yacht. I don't experience that with my yacht. And so that's a humble brag. You know, it's a way of bragging about some of you didn't get it, but you'll get it later. The ignorance brag where somebody pretends or feigns ignorance about a subject and you know so much and, you know, they're a brain surgeon, you know, that kind of thing. The thankful brag is the favorite one that Cole mentioned. He said, this is the one you see on Facebook where Christmas letter, anybody get Christmas letters? The longer the Christmas letter, the more torturous they are. We've gotten two and three, four page Christmas letters where our son is a straight A student. Our other son is a star athlete and got a full scholarship to the university. Our daughter is an athlete and scholar and all that. And they brag. And then they say, and we're so thankful to the Lord that we got to spend 10 nights in Paris last summer. And we just are so thankful. It did us so much good. It's called the thankful, the grateful brag. The shameless brag is where somebody says, I don't care what you think, I'm going to brag. And there's, there's a lot of truth to that. One of the things that I found on the internet was that there are 17 things that people brag about. I'm not even going to read the list to you. 17 things. I'll tell you why. The book of Jeremiah lists three. and says, here are the three things that men and women and young people boast about. And Jeremiah says that the Lord doesn't ask us to be humble or have humility. He demands it. The Lord demands humility from people like you and me. And most people don't get it. So in our series from Jeremiah, the God we know and the God we believe, we're going to talk about what the Lord says about humility and what we brag about. It's just two verses. Jeremiah 9.23, this is what the Lord says. That's one of my favorite expressions from Jeremiah. This is what the Lord says. He got it direct from the Lord. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. But let one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises three things. You need to be interested. I need to be interested in what God's interested in. Kindness, 
justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. Well, I don't know if you've ever thought about the idea in 2020 that we serve a God who, get this, demands humility. He doesn't ask you or ask me to be humble if we feel like it, if we're up to it. He demands humility from people like you and me. Our website is crossoak.org. Crossoak.org. About what you know, what you can do, and what you have. Those are the three things. And everything that you and I boast about will fall under one of those headings. What we know, what we can do, our strength, and what we own, money perhaps, or something, we own a house, whatever it may be. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom. Why is it that people brag about knowledge? Knowledge is a form of power. Knowledge is a form of strength. And so when people boast of their knowledge, well, I know this person or I know this, it's an opportunity to boast in, in life. Fred Gibbs is a retired doctor from Richmond, Kentucky. Some of you know where that's at, south of Lexington. And he writes this, many people spend most of their time increasing the three things that they brag about. That's what, what they focus on. For instance, those that are interested in wisdom and knowledge work on increasing that. The physically strong work to keep themselves that way, eating right and training long hours. Those that are dedicated to building wealth and the inheritance for their children or to the attaining of certain social or business level, and that's what they work on. And it's true. In other words, what people's strength is is usually what they're working on to maintain and increase. And the Lord says, don't boast about any of those three things. You make the decision, and it is a decision, by the way, to recognize that God is the one I boast in. And I'm going to give you some powerful illustrations of that today. Paul Tripp is a writer, and I have never seen a writer write what he does. I can't even read what he wrote about this. Not because it's bad, it's just so long. But he read these two verses one day, and then he sat down with a pen and started writing devotional thoughts, just what the Lord was saying to him from these verses. And it's powerful, and I'm just going to read you a piece of it. Lord, I have to admit that I have taken personal credit for what I could not conceive, what I could not produce or achieve or accomplish on my own. I have no independent successes, accomplishments, attainments, prizes, or positions that I have manufactured on my own. There's nothing that I've done in my own strength. There's no ability that I have employed that does not come from you. All the things around me that had to be in place for me to do what I've done exist under your authority. Do you get that? In other words, anything that I've done comes from the permission of the giver of authority, and that's the Lord himself. All the people that have mentored me, assisted me, advised me, cooperated with me, employed me, loved me, guided me, rescued me, taught me, supported me, stood with me, stood against me, cared for me, protected me, or worked with me, came into my life brought by you. What a statement. I have done things I've never envisioned to do. I've lived in situations that were not of my choosing. I have regularly 
been surprised by the turning in my own story. I have not had the character, will, wisdom, ambition, courage, patience, commitment, perseverance, humility, discipline, contentment. I'm tired of reading this. This is so long. But I think you get his point. Anything that's happened in my life that's positive comes from God. Let me tell you something. It's one of the most spiritual moments in a man, woman, young person's life when they realize he's the source of everything and we're not to boast in us. Well, if you're like me, you need to hear that piece of writing read again on crossope.org. That's crossope.org. What's it mean about the strong man boast of his strength? I'm not talking about being a weightlifter and you boast because you can press 300 pounds. That's not what I'm talking about. It's about people who boast about accomplishment. I did this. I achieved that. I achieved this. And I'm planning in the future, two years from now, to achieve that. And you remember what the book of James says. All of that is bragging to say, in five years, I'm going to do this. In two years, we're going to move there and do this. Do you remember the words of James? I quoted often. He said this, you don't even know if you have tomorrow. You don't even know you have tomorrow. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. If COVID has taught us anything, especially with the economy, the economy can turn around in a day. And we've seen it with companies and people with their jobs. And I've heard people who thought, well, my job is secure. I'll always have that job. And they're looking for a job right now. The same guy, the same woman talking about I'm secure in my position is looking for a job. I'm going to let you in on a little secret here. The key to to boasting is to learn, to develop, to cultivate boasting in the Lord. Verse 24 says, but let him or her who boasts, boast about this, that you understand and know the Lord. Isn't that interesting? You're going to boast about anything in your life you boast about that you understand and know the Lord. And I was wondering, is it possible that I can understand God? Yeah. He made it possible. He gives you the capability in your spirit to cultivate an understanding of the Lord as He reveals Himself to you. You know how He does it? Through His Word. I'm convinced the more you read of the Word of God, the more you're going to understand God. The more you read of His Word and the more you avail yourself to His Word, You understand what the Lord wants to do in your life. I'll tell you how it happens. You'll read a passage of Scripture, like people tell me every week, and it speaks to you and it identifies something in your life. You know what that's called? Understanding the Lord. Understanding what the Lord wants to do in your life. The more you avail yourself to His Word, the more you see of His glory, the more you see of His creative ability, His power in your life. God wants you to understand Him, and He wants you to know. The word know, this is interesting, is the word yada in the Hebrew, Y-A-D-A. Yada, yada, yada. Have you ever used that expression? comes from the, the, the Word of God. 
to know. Not only to know intellectually, but to know experientially. Some of you have friends that you know intellectually. You know, you know, you know where they're from. You know where they went to college. You know where they went to high school. And then you have friends that you've walked through the valley of shadow of death with. You've walked through a divorce with them. You've walked through the death of a parent. You've walked through the death of a child. You've walked through different valleys with them. And it's safe to say, I know him. I've experienced something out of his life and her life that you don't experience every day. And I have walked that road with him or with her. Well, we'll continue a very important thought on this very thing tomorrow on CrossOak. That's CrossOak.org. And what are we to understand about the Lord? In the second half of verse 24 says this, that I am the Lord who delights in three things, kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight. I want to talk about that. It says kindness. You mean God's interested in kindness? Yeah. There's something wrong with a husband. This is really going to be personal here, but I'm, I'm going to tell it anyway. There's something wrong when a husband shows more kindness and courtesy to a server at a restaurant than he does to his own wife. And there's something wrong with a wife who shows more courtesy and respect to a clerk at Macy's or Walmart or Target than she does to her own husband. More graciousness. God is interested in kindness. And I think it's the word that means loving kindness that Jeremiah talks about at the end of the chapter where I have loved you with an everlasting love. That's the kind of love he's talking about in kindness. Question. As a man or woman or young person, would people describe you as a kind person? Do you know that not only do people not describe you or me that way, we don't even want to be associated with the word. I want people to think I'm tough. I want people to think I'm strong. And God says, I want people to think you're kind. Why? Because that's the thing he delights in. God delights in loving kindness. The second thing, he delights in justice. I was interested in that word, I'll tell you, for a lot of reasons. Justice is a big political word today. But God's interested in justice. And I found out it's the word for verdict, the Hebrew word that means either guilty or innocent, it doesn't matter. It just wants it to be right, the right verdict in a person's situation. God's interested in a right verdict being done or given in a court case. He really is. He's interested in justice, and he's interested in righteousness. Many people don't know what the word righteous means. Here's what it means. To be a righteous man or a righteous woman means that you have a right relationship with the God who made you. That's it. doesn't mean perfect. Righteous doesn't mean holier than thou, and, and you wear a, a halo over your head. You're so righteous. That's always considered a thing of pride with people or a thing of false pride, a thing of uh, arrogance. 
Lord's looking for righteous men and women who are in a right relationship with Him. Now, isn't it interesting? The Lord says, the three things I delight in are oftentimes the three things that people in 2020 aren't interested in. Kindness, justice, and righteousness. Let me tell you, when you say you love God, you better start being interested in what He's interested in. Just like if you're married, and I don't say this sarcastically at all, it's not a bad idea for you to be interested in what your spouse is interested in. Doesn't mean you have to buy into it and, oh, I just love this or love that that we do. But you recognize what your life partner is interested in, your marriage partner. I'm interested in what he or she is interested in. And the Lord says, I'm interested in kindness, justice, and righteousness. Well, tomorrow I'm going to close by telling you about a funeral I conducted for a Vietnam veteran in Columbus, Ohio. It's very personal, but I think it's powerful. Crossover.org. If you were coming near to the end of your life, what is it you would glory in? And I tell you what you glory in? The cross. In the cross of Christ, I glory towering or the wrecks of time, the hymn says, that's what we glory in. There's no glory in ourselves or our achievements, our money, our wisdom. It's in what the Lord, the Lord has done for us. Friday, I conducted the funeral with another minister for Smitty, my good buddy that I've known since the 80s. He was a medic, airborne medic in Vietnam with the 82nd Airborne. One of the compliments that I've ever received that really touched me, and I'll explain to you why it meant so much, is in 1986, Oliver Stone made the movie called Platoon about Vietnam. It's the first Vietnam veteran to make a movie about Vietnam. Controversial movie. They gave all the Vietnam veterans of Columbus two tickets and said, you can come to the premiere of the movie in Columbus and bring someone with you. Well, Smitty called me and said, do you want to go with me? And I said, look, I, I wasn't in Vietnam. I wasn't in the military. I got kicked out of the Boy Scouts for refusing to camp. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, army material. And I don't feel like I should go with you. I think you should get somebody else. And he said, no, I want you to go. I've forgotten the movie long, long time ago. And I've seen clips of it. I don't even remember that. I, I, don't, oh, I don't remember seeing that, but that was in the movie. But what I remember long after I forgot the movie was being asked by a friend, will you go with me? And it's been a lesson for me is that you tend to forget the stuff that doesn't matter and you remember the stuff that does matter. And I want to tell you this, that the stuff that matters has everything to do with your relationship to the God who made you through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's what matters. Kindness, justice, and righteousness. Do those three things describe you in even 10%? Decide today that you're going to be a person who's interested in kindness, you're interested in justice, you're interested in righteousness, because God is. And the Lord said, these are the things that I delight in. He demands humility. 
We're not bragging about how, what we own, what we know, the people we know, what we've done, what we've accomplished, and what we have. We brag about the Lord God Almighty and His effect on my life. And it's all connected to the cross. At Smitty's funeral, I said, everything points to the cross. And that's why I told the people, they asked me to sing the old rugged cross, the hymn, the old rugged cross at the funeral, which I did. And I remember saying to them, the reason people request that hymn, I think there's a spiritual reason. It's all about the cross. Anything valuable in your life, cross. Anything worth remembering, it's about the cross. Anything worth holding on to in the final days of your life, the cross. Last night I said, Annie, when's the last time we saw Smitty? And I'd forgotten this. She said, remember, we went to University Hospital, the James Cancer Center, and we took Smitty communion. And the last thing I did with Smitty was... Here's the cup, Smitty, that represents the blood. Here's the bread that represents the body of Christ. Most important thing we could do, remembering the cross of Christ. You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener-supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries, Incorporated.